0: It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler.
1: Thanks for joining us on Episode 2 of Gold Faithful. Or if this is your first listen, I'm Brian Peacock and alongside me is Nick Winkler. Hello. We are Bay Area sports and traffic reporters and can be heard on numerous radio stations in Northern California. You might also see some of my work at Rotowire covering Major League Baseball, NFL, college football. You find me at BD Peacock on Twitter. Nick is at Bay Area Wink. Uh, after recapping the offseason last week, it sort of just came as kind of a bummer. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to examine so. I'd like to examine the flip side today uh, with our guest David Ficillo, editor of ninersnation.com doing great things over there at the SB Nation Network and uh, we'll look at running backs and go to the big board toward the end of the show to find the top 5 breakout candidates in San Francisco this season.
0: There are quite a few. I'm I'm pretty pumped for that. But Absolutely. So before we get into all that, let's not get confused about what this podcast is, okay? We are fans of the 49ers. Through and through. But at the same time... That's why we're here. Yeah, we're not going to sugarcoat things for you. We're going to tell you
1: how we see them. You know, you have, you have to be real. You do. You have to look at this team, and that's why we're here. That's why you're listening to the show. You don't want someone to just butter you up and tell you, oh,
0: hey, the 49ers are the best team ever. You? I never you? want the 49ers to lose. I It, actually, it <laughs> no. used to really affect my days. I used to get mad the rest of the day when they'd lose games. But was and- that your guy you kind of poop the party after yeah, the 49ers I, lost? I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't really poop the party. I'd just be the quiet guy, and which is not me at all. I'm <laughs> the opposite of that. I'm always talking. I'm always smiling, high-fiving people. But if the Niners would lose, i just kind of... Get a little more introverted. Uh huh. Yeah, but I, yeah, I've grown since then, and now I can let it go. I can separate life from football. Okay, it's that's still, good. Still tough sometimes, though.
1: That's good. That's good. Uh, should we talk about what's happening around the league? A can I start with first? something?
0: Yeah, sure. This Sheldon Richardson thing. Have you seen this nonsense?
1: Uh, I, I did see that okay. come down today, and I, every time I saw a little bit more about it, oh. I was
0: thinking, what? Okay, in case you don't know who he is, Pro Bowl D lineman for the Jets. 2013 Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, he was arrested for street racing, right? Clocked at a top speed of 143 miles an hour in his Bentley. He tried to evade police, turned off his his headlights, went through neighborhood streets. The only reason he got caught is because he tried to pull into somebody's driveway and like pretend that he was a parked car, but his taillights gave him away. Wow! When you put on the brakes, right? You know what's oh. funny is my grandpa actually tried to do that like 60 <laughs> years ago. He told me the story once. Super ashamed. It was a different time. Back it was then. a different time, and but he didn't get away with it either. Um, Good. But, but what's the worst part about this? The did whole he play thing, for the New York Jets. <laughs> he did not actually <laughs> okay. not the New York Jets. Uh, no, the worst part about this whole story is that he hit a 12 year old in the car with him like i don't know if it was his son if he's a cousin or something or if he likes to hang out with 12 year old boys but it's it, and it smelled like marijuana and apparently yeah, well, both him and got the passenger. busted earlier know, in the right? off season right oh, what an idiot makes me so mad seeing stuff like this especially as a father like a 12 year old doesn't know any better of course he's gonna get in that car <laughs> and be like this is the coolest thing ever and police chase all right oh man
1: Oh, football players right. sometimes. You're, you're having a rough go already, man. I'm just I'm That's
0: rant out. number two so far.
1: <laughs> okay, the rant okay
0: I'll try to go rant free the rest right. of the show. All
1: right. And you know what we're not going to talk about is the deflate, you know what, even the name, I can't yeah. even say The stupid it's, story. It's ridiculous. But, I, do
0: you think he plays week one? Let's let's just ask that. I doubt it. I think he does. I, I think he plays all 16. I think he goes into court, and you know how they just constantly are delaying court cases and all this i think mm-hmm. it it lasts until the
1: offseason. you think well, i mean yeah if, if, if there's if and it's it, if, if what has been done is undone right and they're waiting for courts to, to do this then yeah absolutely
0: i just think if he gets any sort of appeal hearing i think it'll just it, you know obviously he's going to play week one if that's the case it's more like he's getting
1: busted by his parents than yeah. he's getting in trouble with the law i mean w- when you start bringing courts and and, and lawsuits involved there they the case is flimsy
0: it just makes me really upset that that it just doesn't seem like there's any sort of balance with these suspensions. Like Le'Veon Bell has a 3 game suspension and it's reduced to 2. He was driving while intoxicated. He was endangering the lives of other people, much like Sheldon Richardson was. What did Tom Brady do? He may have <laughs> deflated some football. He lied to his parents. And so now he's <laughs> you ground now he's grounded. Now he's grounded.
1: That's exactly what's going oh, on. Oh god. Okay, but one thing that really does deserve to be discussed is Eric Berry. Um able a to good resume. Story. Oh, absolutely. With all this BS that's going on in the league, Eric Berry is able to resume his football career with the Kansas City Chiefs just eight months after being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that's, that's um, pretty awesome. And actually we have some audio of, of what he had to say. Pretty uh, pretty thankful for the opportunity he has. Truly blessed um, to come out of this situation. Um, truly blessed to have such a wonderful support, and support system just took care of me. My, starting off with my parents and my friends and family, everybody. 26 years old. still a lot of football left for this yeah. guy. So hopefully that remains um, cleared and, and, and you know, he's
0: able to resume his career in his life. Wishing him the best, of course. Absolutely. That's a great story.
1: Oh, and before we get into the 49ers news, I do want to thank our voice man. You might have heard in the intro, yes. Michael Bennett. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I mean he's a long time pro in the radio biz no doubt um, about and it. voiceover stuff. But what really impressed me, and I didn't know this until Nick brought it up, is he actually voiced a South Park character. It was the coolest thing ever, right? And we've got a little clip for you. So, Michael Bennett, we appreciate you. This isn't history, dude. <laughs> it is called History Channel.
0: And if we look in all the journals and all the history books, there is no reference to stuffing before
1: 1621. So where did it come from? Did it come from space? We just don't know. <laughs> I believe he he might have played like a hundred and forty year old otter at some point for something I don't remember. Charles Biggins but was Charles his Biggins name there. Charles Biggins is that character. Culinary name. associate so, of yeah, America. A real a real pro podcast we have here. Uh, a lot of talent involved in this show <laughs> that is not speaking at the moment right now. Uh, All right. So 49ers news. Yeah. According to NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal, the 49ers had interest in free agent tight end Julius Thomas before the season. Interesting. Yeah, the former Bronco before he signed with Jacksonville. And Vernon Davis would have then been subsequently released. That would have been another
0: cost-cutting move, I'm sure. Kind of a weird story. like I, Yeah. Yeah. They, they would have had to pay him a lot of money, right? And it just seems odd because I feel like Vernon Davis he had a really front-loaded contract. And I know he had a really down year last year. He had an awful was, year yeah. he had
1: one of the most unbelievably bad years just not productive and it wasn't that and he was hurt but and I think he might have been playing through something we're hearing a lot mm-hmm. more now about some the injuries he had and Chris jeep christ the offensive coordinator thinks he's going to have a bounce back year I'm a uh, big so. year and I hope he does but I mean that doesn't sound like a guy you think is going to have a bounce back year if you were ready to just cut him and sign somebody else for a big contract
0: yeah I don't know I, I don't and, know how much he's going to actually do down in Jacksonville yeah. and <laughs> who knows yeah and
1: who knows we'll talk to Fuchs a little bit later about that maybe he has a little more insight into some of that contract contract stuff, 49ers running back Carlos Hyde has been cleared to practice. Yeah, after Spending
0: removed, less than 24 hours. Yeah, from the non-football injury <laughs> list. A
1: weird procedural thing. It's just kind of an oddity. You, you see that pop up. You think, okay.
0: It's not as bad as the PUP list, obviously. But uh, Aaron Lynch also added to that non-football injury list. And uh, DeAndre Smelter, a couple of guys um, that are expected to be back soon.
1: Yeah. Well, Smelter, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, the ACL I last year. Yeah. He might, There's he might no reason to that. rush him back. A little bit raw of a player anyways. Um, but if he's ready, then put him on the field. But I kind of expected him to miss most, if not all, of the season anyway. Yeah, Trent especially Brown. training camp.
0: Also on that list, but he's expected to get in there and uh, definitely fight for one of those offensive line positions, at least a backup job. Daniel Kilgore added to the physically unable to perform list, that pup list we just mentioned. Uh, hurt that left left leg there late in last season. Still recovering. Hoping to be back back by the start of camp. That's not looking very good since uh, camp opens in two days now.
1: Right, yeah. And uh, he's a big part of that competition in the middle of that offensive line.
0: Marcus Martin, Joe Looney expected to uh, take some snaps at center for now. But the 49ers, everything I'm seeing, they fully expect Kilgore to be back by the start of the season. So we'll see. All right, well, let's get to our guest. I like it! Yeah, very
1: special guest today from Niners Nation, David Ficillo. It's my pleasure to welcome David Fuchillo to the show, or Fuch as he is commonly known. Runs the best 49ers blog on the web at NinersNation.com, but you probably already knew that. Fuch, how you doing, man?
2: Oh, doing pretty good. You know, uh, veterans report on uh, Friday. Rookies are already there, so uh, things are good.
1: I got to be honest, I got a little worried today. I jumped on Niners Nation, which I like to do in the morning, and I saw an article, and it had the headline with the words Docket and Baltimore Police in it, and I was thinking, <laughs> oh no! And then I saw this business about him being on social media riot threat list or something crazy like that.
2: Yeah, he, because uh, obviously Donald Dockett likes to tweet about pretty much everything under the sun, and uh, he had some tweets about the uh, the Freddie Gray riots in Baltimore earlier back in our, April, and uh, apparently there is a Going around with a list of 71 people that the Baltimore Police consider social media riot threats.
1: Whoa! To be honest with you, riot threat is kind of a pretty badass nickname. Yeah, I kind of. We like should that. maybe try to get that going for a docket. Darno riot threat docket. Yes, I'm in.
2: And I, 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 I think he would be down for that. I think I think he could definitely. <laughs> That's something
1: he'd that. totally be down for. I know he's down for the hashtag Savage.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. He loves he loves Savage. He he, he loves uh, Colin Player's dogs. He's got his uh, he's got his whole language.
1: Oh yeah, um, so. One of the reasons I want to talk to you today is uh, we're looking for reasons to be optimistic here. Um, this off season for the 49ers played out in sort of a weird tabloid style in the national media, and a lot of people are just completely writing the 49ers off, even though they were such a good team, such a deep team, one of the deepest teams in the NFL. Uh, can you give us some reasons that we might be optimistic about the 2015 season?
2: Well, I mean, you know, obviously everybody is. You know, concerned about the about the coaching change, about the retirements, about all that kind of stuff. And you know, sure, there 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 are a lot of question marks. That's you know, nobody anybody that thinks that they know exactly what's going to happen is, is sorely mistaken at this point. But that also means you know there are there there's the potential for good things to happen. I mean, you know, we had Colin Kaepernick working with Kurt Warner and the uh, the quarterback coaches down in Arizona. Right. That's the uh, you know we we don't really know what that's gonna, you know how what kind of fruit that will bear, but we'll find out more about that. But. I mean, you just look at the coaching staff. Uh, You know, Jim Tomsula has no – I mean, outside of one game as the 49ers interim head coach and then some NFL Europe experience, he's never been a head coach, never been a coordinator. So, you know, there's certainly some concerns, but he's a guy that the players love. Uh, There's no doubting that that he is a player's coach. Uh, and that Justin Smith has sworn by him his whole – you know, ever since he came to San Francisco. So I – You know, there's the concern about, well, how will it work on game day? But I I actually think that the NFL Europe experience is worth factoring in. You know, it's obviously not on the level of the NFL, but still you're dealing with a lot of the the game day tasks, the administrative tasks, all those things that, you know, that you take over when you become a head coach.
0: Sure, of course. And, you know, another uh, thing I want to ask you about here, Fooch, is, uh, last season, Vernon Davis he fell off the map, right? I mean, he had just a horrible season. I play a lot of fantasy, and there's something you always factor in when you're playing fantasy football, and that's contract year. And as a 49er fan, I, I like the idea of Vernon Davis going into a contract year. I mean, do, do you see a nice big uh, comeback from from Davis this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he seems like he you know he he needs to kind of build that brand back up again after a down year last year. Sure. Know? And I, you know, it's interesting. He said that the injuries did not limit him later in the year, but I'm still skeptical about that. Not buying that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that if he's healthy... That yeah he can't have a bounce back here, I mean obviously there's a the concern that you know once you get past thirty, is it you know are, are the were the injury the one time thing is it is it kind of reaching that point where he's going to start breaking down a bit more, or you know can he bounce back i I like to think he can, but because this is really the first you know really major injury that or major you know major poor run that he's had so mm. It's going to be really interesting those first few weeks.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, what set him apart also was his speed, you know, and he definitely did not look that fast last season. So I'm just, yeah, if he loses a step, it it definitely could be another long season for for Vernon Davis, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's always that concern about losing a step. But, you know, again, he's looked good in practice. He generally seems to look good in practice heading into (laughs) training camp. Uh, if he, you know, again, if he can just kind of stay healthy, I don't see why he can't have a bounce back year. Now, maybe not at, you know, his peak, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen touchdown years or whatever mm-hmm. like that. But they don't, they don't, they don't need that now. You know, they've got another deep threat in Torrey Smith that will potentially open these up even further. So, you know, they, they don't need him to be their number one deep threat, which I think, you know, it removes some of that pressure.
1: Right, and it's always kind of odd where your only deep threat is your tight end. Yeah, and it sounds like Jeep Christ... Said said some really nice things about Davis, like he expects him to really have a bounce back season, and he believes. But then there's this Greg Rosenthal article talking about how he was about to be cut. The Niners had all this interest in Julius Thomas. What's that all about?
2: Yeah, I mean that you know the, the Rosenthal article. It's interesting because I mean it, it's kind of very speculative. It's like well there were you know there were you know around the, the league heard whispers about you know that the 49ers were you know we're talking, we're looking into Julius Thomas, we're considering releasing really Vernon Davis. I mean, sure, you know, I I would not be surprised if they had at least inquired about what Julius Thomas was looking for, because you had a team last year that went through all four of their starting tight ends um, getting hurt. Uh, Vernon Davis, Matt McDonald, Derek Carrier, and Garrett Selleck all dealt with significant injuries at one point or another, with two of them ending up on injury, or three of them ending up on injury reserve by the end of the year. So, yeah, you know, the team was looking for some options, and that was sufficiently vague that, that could, it could have involved calling his agents, seeing what he was asking for, and then just moving on. It could have gotten into negotiations. It could have gotten into a lot of things. And so I don't really, you know, I take that with the grain of salt.
0: You know, also we, we mentioned the, the Vernon Davis contract. And there, there's another contract that I think is going to play a pretty big role. Uh, and that's Trent balky You know, he's under he's under contract through 2016. And he, he's made all these moves. There are only four guys still on the squad uh, from when he took over, Vernon Davis, Joe Staley, Ahmad Brooks, and Alex Boone. I mean, uh, Peacock mentioned it last week. You know, is this Balky just saying like, okay, this is this is my team. These are my guys. These are the guys I want in here. I mean, he's he's putting a lot of stock basically in him in himself, right? I mean, he's putting a, a lot on the line here. Which, as a fan, you know, you, you got to kind of like that, right?
2: Well, I would. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that he would be confident in himself. I mean, he's, you know, this. This year, and this year really is kind of the first chance to really get an idea of how those last couple of drafts are going to pan out because you know he's drafted a lot of guys that were, were built more for the future. We're guys sure. that are like okay, well they're gonna you know we, if we get anything early, that's great, but really we're, we're looking long term, and so whether it be Quinton Dial, and Carradine Brandon Thomas, you know that there's a lot of guys where this year is going to tell us a lot about those drafts, and it makes I mean it makes sense that you know if you if you look at, if you've got you know you've got Chuck Balky for the next two years, whatever decision Jet York has in mind, you'll, you'll you'll get a pretty good idea over the next two years what exactly this team is made of.
1: Right, and you know what's kind of crazy is there's... The 49ers lost so many people this offseason, but there's a lot of big names that are on there last year this year, too. So we could see another sure. big turnover unless they bring back guys like, well, Reggie Bush is only on a one-year deal, Kendall Hunter's in his last year, Vernon Davis, Alden Smith. Um, they still haven't re-signed Alex Boone sure. long-term. So... The, That's kind of almost frightening to see how much roster turnover there could be again with the 49ers.
2: I I mean, I don't, again, a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys that have left, that left last year and then that are you know, potentially going to leave next year, I, you know, it's not, obviously you don't want excessive turnover, but I mean, I, I, my guess is if they don't, you know, assuming Alden Smith stays out of trouble, he's not going anywhere, they'll at least, at the very least, you know, they'll place a franchise tag on him, but, you know, they they drafted Brandon Thomas, they drafted Trenton Brown, they've got you know, they've added these guys that potentially are long term options on the interior of the line. Um, I, I have I've operated on an assumption that this is what Alex moves last year with the team. I don't I I see really? little reason that they that they extend him at this point, just because they don't they don't spend a lot of money on on tackles or on on on, on offensive linemen. You know, yes they you know, they signed Joe Staley and Anthony Davis a long term deals, but those were pretty reasonable deals and at this point. My guess is that Alex Boone is looking for, you know, he knows that if he can stay healthy, he's going to get a sizable pay raise next year, and the 49ers are not going to give him that.
1: Right, yeah, and that whole uh, holdout thing last year didn't work out so well no. for either side, really. Well,
2: I, I, w- I would actually say that it worked out well for Boone in that they, you know, he got, he got some bonus money rolled up into his contract, but also they agreed that they, the team can't franchise him.
1: Wow, okay, yeah, I didn't r- realize he got that stipulation, which is a nice little bonus for him. Um, so... We're looking ahead here. We're looking for breakout candidates. We want to spin this in a positive direction. Um, We're going to get into the big board a little bit later and talk about our top five breakout candidates. But uh, do you have anybody that comes to mind that you think has had a chance to really break out for this 49ers team?
2: I think Quinton Dial is an easy one. I think there's a very good chance that he's going to be in the starting lineup uh, week one on that defensive line. I, I think Darnell Dawkins and Tate Carradine are guys that will be primarily used in the pass rush when they go into the nickel. But when they're out there in their base defense, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Glenn Dorsey, Ian Williams, and Quinton Dial. So, you know, he's not going to put up huge numbers because of the role of a 3 4 defensive end, but he's, you know, I think he's a guy that's worth, worth looking at. Um, Bruce Ellington is really interesting just because. You know, again, they've got Tory Smith, they've got Anquan Bolden, but I, Ellington, I, I keep seeing this potential Percy Harvin, Randall Cobb type of role where you're just you're using him all over the field in a variety of different ways.
1: Right. Yeah. The, the prototype slot guy, where even if he's not, you know, he's kind of the the number three just because he's the number one in the slot. But if they go too wide and somebody gets hurt, maybe Quentin Patton's the guy that's the second man on the outside. But um, Ellington's role as sort of the hybrid player on the inside. Maybe Reggie Bush could be that guy, too, where you move him out into yeah, the slot. Yeah, I see a lot of that. Right.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's I think with Ellington, he's a guy that they can potentially use as, in, as a running back. They can use a wide receiver. They can use, you know, on the, the fly suites that, they, that they've liked to run in the past. There, there's a lot of ways that they can use him. Um, and obviously he'll also be potentially, wor- you know, working as the kick and punt returner.
0: So we're very very early here, Fooch, but, you know, you know, maybe can you give us a prediction on the season? Like, what do you, what do you think, what do you see... Looking forward from this team. Obviously, we mentioned in our, our show last week. Everyone knows very tough schedule uh, heading out of the the gate. There, um, do you see an eight and eight team? Do you see similar to last season? Do you see improvement, or, or is it going to be kind of a regression year?
2: I, I mean, it's people are, are you know are throwing out the predictions. That you know, honestly, I at this point there's very little this team could do that would surprise me. I mean, they. They could win six, seven games, and I would not be entirely shocked. I mean, if they, if they, you know, if they only won like three or four games, or if they managed to win like fourteen or fifteen games, yeah, I, w- I would probably be kind of surprised. <laughs> but this is a team that like six to ten wins. There's a lot of wiggle room in there, and a lot of it really does depend on you know what this coaching staff can do with the players. I, I think the talent's there, uh, but you know they've got a lot of questions. They've got questions at almost every position, and on the one hand, they could you know they could all Come out positive and everything could be great, but that's a lot of positive answers that you're looking for. And I still think even if you know they don't hit on everything, you're still looking at a team that can compete for a playoff spot. But you know, I, it's I mean, eight to ten wins seems like a good range,
1: right? It's get, a lot depends on that development for a lot of these players. But the the thing is, is people are calling them an eight and eight team from last year, but that was their floor last year. They were, right. you know, I don't consider last year's team an eight and eight team. That's just Where they underachieve too, so it's not like I don't. If if they do regress, I don't think they're regressing from an eight and eight talent perspective. They're regressing from their, you know, their playoff, They're deep in the playoffs talent perspective. Last year was sort of their floor. So the national media people are so down. I've seen people. I've seen people say two and fourteen for the forty nine ers. I've seen crazy stuff. They're just (laughs) completely writing them off. And I think a lot of those people will be quite surprised. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and I mean. The thing with last year's team, is, yeah, you know, they went eight and eight, but like that defense played really well. Um, obviously, it was you know they had some some moments where there were struggles, but considering all the losses they had on 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 the defensive side of the ball, they definitely you know they that defense overperformed what people expected. So, you know, if they had, if they had struggled, you know that again, that's potentially a six win team you're looking at.
1: Right, right. So uh, before you go, I just want to ask you, how do you find time to sleep? You've got to be the most prolific blogger maybe in the world like i'm blown <laughs> away there's 5 6 articles just by you not counting the rest of your staff at Niner's Nation every day
2: yeah you know just got to you know it's like <laughs> i i don't i do not go to the Seattle Seahawks route with uh, Adderall but you know i do, <laughs> what, I, I do, uh, I do what i can
1: <laughs> well keep up the good work man and we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight oh my pleasure uh great to talk to fooch knowledgeable no guy and the guys just on fire he's Running the hell out of that Niners Nation and doing other things at sbnation.com. Um, and that thing, that place blew up. I don't know if you yeah. guys know, but I did a little bit of writing back in like 2009. Not quite as big NFL day. draft stuff. Yeah, and it was like, oh, f- this this thing's going nowhere. So you're like like the,
0: <laughs> the Trailblazers. You <laughs> yeah, didn't even I, know I, it at the it time. Was, the yeah. site
1: was in its infancy. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it was growing, and you could tell it was growing, and it was fun to be a part of that. You know, I, I left, I started working at uh, KMBR. Didn't think I had the time to keep, you know, putting all the effort into it but man it's crazy how much that has grown it's really cool so to you, see so good on David for that
0: you helped lay the foundation would be another way to I wouldn't
1: say that no okay
0: <laughs> I'm trying to build you <laughs> up here no no let's talk running backs you know we're talking about position battles we obviously mentioned the offensive line last week we're going to try to touch on at least one of these battles there's battles everywhere I mean you heard Fooch talk about it pretty much every position there's going to be a, a, a fun camp uh, battle going on there but running back obviously you lost Gore Last season, depth is so key. If you remember last season, Week 15, both Gore and Hyde left that game with injuries, and they had no Hunter. He was out for the season. They didn't have Reggie Bush yet. Alfonso Smith took over then. He actually had seven carries last season. That's not exactly what you want. You don't want a guy like Alfonso Smith, who averages 2.7 yards a carry, starting in your backfield or at least taking snaps back there. Plus, his pass protection left a lot to be desired. So this season, I mean, everything you're hearing is that they're going to give Carlos Hyde, every opportunity to seize possession of that backfield,
1: right? Absolutely. that That's Carlos Hyde's job. And he—I I really love Carlos Hyde. He was my number 1 running back coming out of the draft. I follow the draft very closely. Um, you can see my scouting reports and different things I write about the draft at leadingtheleague.com. I've been following the draft for years. Um, Carlos Hyde, complete back. We didn't get to see everything he could do last season, obviously, because he's playing second fiddle. Right. Right. Um, but the size, six feet, two hundred and thirty pounds. I think he might have dropped a couple pounds, closer to the two twenty five range this season. Um, but man, for for his size, great feet, uh, a true dancing bear, great vision, slide, find the hole, get downhill. Uh, he can punish tacklers that that because he's just such a big, strong player. Good pass protector, natural hands out of the backfield. Um, so it, the sky's the limit. I think for a power back for the for what the 49ers have been and and what it seems like they want to do is just pound the football. Um, They might be doing some zone blocking stuff, which is fine because he did that in college. Um, And uh, so he's, he's, he's going to be the number one guy. And I really don't think, I don't think that Reggie Bush is in, or Kendall Hunter are going to really take too many carries from him. They're, they're a change of pace to what Carlos Hyde brings as the number 1 back.
0: You know, I do worry a little bit about Carlos Hyde. Uh, I, I can play bad cop right now if you want. I mean, he sure. only averaged four yards a carry last season. You're mm-hmm. behind a pretty good offensive line. That offensive line, in my opinion, has gotten a whole lot worse mm-hmm. than it was a season ago. He had 83 carries. I mean, he missed a couple games with injuries, but yeah. it's pretty hard not to miss a game with injury if you're a running back. As a running back. Although you want a durable running back that can take a pounding, sure. right? Sure and he only had 83 carries and he missed two games i mean is that really durability yeah. it's I hear what you're saying and it, the life of a running back can be very short of i mean course. it takes that one
1: wrong hit and yeah. boom it's first all over first thing
0: i mentioned was depth is key you know and that that's going to play a yeah. big role here yeah like
1: you said that's part of the reason i'm sure why they made sure they brought in guys like reggie bush and and drafted which was a little bit surprising drafting a fourth round running back Mike I love davis it. who i like a lot i love it um and i'll and i'll talk about him in a second but yeah it's it's carlos hyde's job and hopefully he takes it because i think he's really talented and he can do it all so there's no reason to take him off the field unless you're changing the pace um and i think reggie bush if we want to look at him i i i I look at him almost as much as a receiver as i do a running back you have to i mean he's not going to be your traditional tailback in this offense yeah and he's not young anymore either he's 30 years old that scares you um, guys gets for a a guy who's his game's based on speed right Mm -hmm. that's what he's always been um in last season in Detroit, uh, in eleven games, he only carried the ball seventy six times.
0: But he had forty receptions, right. For two hundred ninety
1: seven yards, he right. almost had as many receiving yards, two hundred fifty three. Yeah. <laughs> but in eleven games, he still only had uh, just over five hundred yards total. I mean, he, combined. he did
0: miss five games with an assortment of injuries last mm-hmm. year. Uh, but in his career, he averages fifty two receptions a season. So, like you said, I mean, that's that's a great threat. That's a great safety net. For a guy like Kaepernick to have, you know, you you look at your check down, you you check your progression, and then, okay, nobody's there. And maybe you get to Bush a lot sooner, too, because you know you have this great receiver coming out of the backfield. Everything you read is that they're starting to implement more and more screen passes.
1: Right, and not just the dump-off situation, but a true weapon where you can scheme with them, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it with Fooch. Maybe you see Bush lining up in the slot. Maybe he does play quite a bit of receiver out there. Especially if Hyde really, you know, gets a nice chokehold over that offense, but... Uh, last month, Tom Sula, in, in interviews, said he wouldn't rule out Bush being the starter over Hyde. I mean, yeah, I know that's probably a lot of hype. You want to get, yeah, you want to get crazy. your veteran nice and pumped up, and and Hyde wasn't participating in these early uh, workouts, but uh, it's not that out of the, the the norm, right? I mean, Reggie Bush has had a pretty great career. I mean, it hasn't; he's not anywhere near any sort of Hall of Fame numbers or anything like that. But he's he's been fairly consistent. He's been a guy that when he is on the field. He produces. He's got great averages yep. pretty much all the way across the board. Last
1: year, he was only at 3.9, but before that, he had a really good run, a three-year run with uh, 1,000 yards, 986 yards, another 1,000-yard season his first year yeah. in Detroit, and he was over 4.3, 4.5 and 5 yards a carry in those three seasons. So that was a nice run, um, but you kind of do see the cliff here. Injuries, Sure, his yards per carry went down to 3.9 last year. So I'm not expecting a ton from him, but I hope he can add something to the offense
0: and, you know, at he the very mentioned- minimum.
1: And I mean, He's Reggie Bush, so, he's Reggie uh, Bush.
0: He's he's, a, he's got that explosiveness in yeah. him. You hope, you hope that he hasn't lost that Hopefully step. He's at got some of that left. He Absolutely. mentioned he wants to return punts again. He hasn't done that since. That would be really cool. I, I mean, mean,
1: use him and in, in, utilize the guy. You yeah. Know?
0: I like I like Ellington a and, lot in the punt return position though, I, but I got more on Ellington coming okay. a little bit later. I, I have a our, feeling he in, might
1: show up in the uh, in the big board.
0: And it's very possible. Uh, we we just kind of skipped over Kendall Hunter. No, right?
1: we, no, we did not. No, now, no. I think Kendall he, Hunter.
0: because you know we jumped to Reggie Bush and you know Bush has a, a great opportunity to see a lot of snaps, but I think Kendall Hunter does as well. I I really like Hunter. He, he tore his ACL in camp last year, so you know obviously an entire wasted season. The three years prior than that though, this is what he, he his total two hundred sixty two carries for 1200 yards i mean that's a 4.6 average in his career yeah you can't seven touchdowns that's a good season although he's missed time in two of his four seasons yeah. he
1: missed all of last year yeah uh 2012 was his second year he missed five games that year um and those are both pretty serious
0: leg injuries too right. i mean they're not they're and not it's, like oh i sprained an ankle and no you tore an ACL and you tore your achilles like, yeah
1: that's that's tough to come back from and obviously it's five seven He's a little you guy, know, 199 pounds. Um, he's pretty put together for someone who's five, seven. 199 yeah. pounds is a lot of weight to put he's, on a five foot seven body. To
0: me, but Kendall Hunter is like the ultimate, like the, the, the perfect example of a change of pace. back. He's
1: exactly that. Right. Yeah. You, and obviously with the injuries and just the size and he's not somebody you're going to pound in there. So if Carlos Hyde did get hurt, there's definitely a, um, a committee situation that would probably happen. And then that brings us to Mike Davis. We might see a whole a lot of Mike Davis is after Carlos Hyde, the most prototype, you know, he looks a lot carry like the Gore, type of. He does. I, I love it. I that's love exactly it. <laughs> what I wrote in my scouting report. Is, I'm I was sure why at they the drafted him. Right? I mean, you and gotta love Frank Gore. I thought that was a great pick, and yeah. it, he's a complete player. Yeah, short, but not undersized. 217 pounds at 5'9". Similar speed, sort of athleticism with with um, with Carlos Hyde, where he's you know four guy on the track, but he you know he doesn't lose speed when you put some pads on him. Right? And right. He, um, he's he's pretty smooth. He's got uh, lateral agility. Runs with power, vision, short area burst, you know, traits most common with successful NFL running backs. Good receiver. Yeah. A good blocker. So another complete guy. And with, with Reggie Bush and Kendall Hunter on one-year deals, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Carlos Hyde, Mike Davis in 2016, right? No doubt. And Mike Davis is, you know, sort of a, the pure backup where because they both can carry the load. They can both do a lot of things. You're not hamstrung where one guy can do something. One guy can't. Maybe you look to the 2016 draft. Maybe look for a scat back type, you know, but or bring one of those other two guys back.
0: I wouldn't be next surprised, season.
1: but even even this year, if Mike Davis surpasses everybody, becomes the true backup to Carlos Hyde. I
0: I wouldn't be that surprised if Mike Davis overtook Carlos Hyde as the number one back, just because I mean, this guy, his numbers at South Carolina are impressive. You know, oh, man. two Absolutely. seasons as a starter, he averaged almost 1,100 yards, ten touchdowns. 33 receptions, you mentioned. He's a great receiver Mm -hmm. out of the backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if all four of these guys got a carry in every game if they were healthy.
1: Yeah, so if you're a fantasy football player and you're looking for reasons why Carlos Hyde isn't going to go completely off. Sure. Or if you're talking about our big board, we're going to talk about later. And a I have a feeling some of these guys might show up, one of them at least. I have a feeling um, as well. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, Davis is really underrated in the, in the draft process. I, I thought he was – I had a third-round grade. I thought he was totally worth a third-round There's third, a third round player. And uh, the last sentence of my little write-up on him reminds me a little of Frank Gore.
0: I love it. Yeah, third-round.
1: So got him in the fourth round. Thought that was kind of a steal. He's a really good player. So the 49ers, if there's one position – we talked about it last week. So much leadership. Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. Love the guy an all-time great a 49er uniform, but they have running backs that can carry the load this year, yeah, so I'm spent, not worried about that position.
0: Yeah, they spent that money. I mean, you know, Gore got a three-year deal from Indianapolis. There was no way he was going to get anything like that from San Francisco. Good fit
1: for Gore and Indy, by good, the way. Agreed. Uh, I for them.
0: Agreed. He might be
1: their better, best pass blocker, including their offensive lineman. He, <laughs> <laughs> so luck is going to love him.
0: And, you know, he was underutilized as a receiver. He's a really no good receiver. No doubt about and, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, am rooting for Frank Gore, oh, obviously going forward, a yeah. uh, fullback situation right now, Bruce Miller, he had uh, some off season issues that, that are hard to escape. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit unknown right now if the NFL is going to punish him or not. That's because, uh, they got to wait for the sentencing and that's not expected until around the end of the year. So that would suck if you lose them towards the end of the season, especially if you're in any sort of playoff contention. Right. Uh, I don't want to get too much into into his his uh, his bad luck there with the ex fiance, mm-hmm. um, but you, you got to love Bruce Miller. I mean, what you've seen made in, his own luck there a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think so too. A little <laughs> anger issues, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you know, you don't throw the cell phone on the ground. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's just me. We'll never know. Probably. Yeah, really we, don't, we don't. Uh, but you know, the Niners do have a backup fullback. You know, Trey Millard, seventh round pick mm-hmm. back in 2014. He did spend last season on the non football injury list due to an ACL tear. And, and he's the backup fullback. But in college at Oklahoma, he played fullback. He played running back. He, he played tight end. He played wide receiver, which is a lot what Bruce Miller does. You, right. know, you do see Bruce Miller run out for a lot of passes. And maybe that was just the, the Greg Roman offense. You know, Maybe we're not going to see a lot of the fullback uh, get, get played like it has in the past. But it, it sounds like a hell of an athlete. He uh,
1: is. He he was a stud in college. And um, I thought a pretty good draft pick someone to draft in the seventh round. But they're not going to be able to hide him this year. I don't think he'll... Uh,
0: right. Well, one not of the a things, lot of teams
1: are running fullbacks, so they could sneak him to the practice squad if they needed to, but maybe. he might need to win a job on special teams. And that's just gonna, it. He had yeah.
0: 32 tackles on special teams at Oklahoma, so mm-hmm. that's definitely something that he can do, which is also what Jared Hayne can do. I mean, that's... We talk about Hayne, yeah. he, he's a he's this big question mark, he's this big long shot to make the team. We're talking, of course, about the former Australian League rugby star. But his best way, along with Millard there, is, is to make it on special teams. And... With everything you're hearing about Hane, is this guy's ridiculously fast, huge, and bi- and runs just like a, a big rig? You know, like it, you're gonna run right through somebody if you're this guy, and that's the kind of guy you want on special teams, right? Yeah, you want some, you want
1: football players that'll run through a wall for you. Absolutely, it'll be interesting to see if he can take to the position, take to the NFL game. Um, but he's a monster. It'll be fun to watch. That's gonna be one of those things where you know, whatever, it's a lottery ticket. Yeah, it'd just be fun to watch in the preseason. And say, hey.
0: We'll we'll When's Hayne getting got. In there? Is yeah. that Hayne? What number's Hayne? Yeah, where's Hayne? Yeah, yeah. You, you check the box score the next day. Do you make any Absolutely. tackles? What's going I mean, on? It's
1: so hard. I talked with Hyde and Davis, uh, seeing them in college. You can kind of, you know, you can of tell course. what kind of a player they might be. You can you have a, a an educated guess. With Hayne, I just have no clue. Yeah. Reggie Bush. Yeah, you have it. nothing to base it on. You have no stats. You
0: have no. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Nothing.
1: I have a five-second clip I saw of OTAs of t- him taking a handoff and running through a, a dummy.
0: It's basically. the ultimate wild card right there. The yeah. unknown. It's going to be fun to see. It is. Let's jump to the breakout candidates right now. Let's, Let's go to the do big it. board. Let's go to the big board. Let's talk. Let's you go talk first this, this time. I went first last time. Are you time. sure? Yeah I, yeah. I like going second. I know you do. I do too. So, <laughs> I like that so in the bottom half of the inning. Yeah,
1: of course. Okay. Uh I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with number five and I'm gonna say Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Because he's already had his original breakout, but just with the there's too much there. That ability to go to that next level. It would be so awesome to see that. One thing I'm sure about with Kaepernick. He's going to run more plays. That's where you're going to start to see statistics, see points. And even if the 49ers are a better team, Kaepernick has a great opportunity. And hopefully, as Fuchs talked about earlier, um, you know, added a little bit of touch when he was working out with.
0: With Warner, I Warner mean, in the season, you gotta right? like that. Warner, is, you know, is, um, but an I'm looking for another player. step. It
1: doesn't have to be a massive step, um, but just a nice little step, and just more progression. Would you from be Colin happy Kaepernick.
0: with? Well, I mean, there was the regression last year, right? I mean, you, you, do, would you be happy if he just got back to where he was in 2013, <laughs> or do you want it to? I would be
1: fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a better completion set percentage last year. Touchdown to interception ratio wasn't as good, obviously. Yards per attempt weren't as good. I don't want to just see him get back to where he was. I want to see a, a something else. Okay, yeah. so if he
0: gets back to where it was, then you don't consider that breakout? I, I, no, no, no.
1: Yeah. I, it's got to be a, a new level. It's got to be because his, just his arm and leg talent. And Amazing. Guy, yeah, and the guy's a hard worker. You can tell he wants it. I, I want to see that next level.
0: My daughter's got a number 7 jersey. I'm with you on this 100%. Too soon? What I tell you? Yeah. you got to you got to buy the jersey it of a costs, retired it player. It $15 because okay. it's for a little girl. Okay.
1: She'll have time to get her Frank Gore and Patrick Willis yeah. jerseys as she grows up. <laughs> the I matching assume.
0: daddy one, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. What was your first jersey?
0: Steve Young. Really? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It was Joe Montana. It was a full-on outfit, like, with the helmet and everything, you know, like the little kids wear. (laughs) Dude, I had uh, that. I was Joe Montana for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to actually remember wearing that to a game against the Falcons. (laughs) I don't remember how old I was, but I remember leaving, and they had lost, and Joe threw, like, two interceptions or something. I remember this is one of those weird memories that just sticks with you, some drunk guy in the parking lot being like, Joe, what happened? Like, in my face. (laughs) This drunk
1: guy. Number four. Uh, Number four, I'm going to go Aaron Lynch. Okay. Uh, I think he's going to win the job. To be honest, I fully expected Ahmad Brooks to be cut this offseason. I I did too. And I wonder if he might have been if if other things didn't happen uh, just due to his contract. And I think just Lynch is knocking on the door. I think Lynch is probably right now just a better player. Yeah. Great pick by Balky. Yeah, awesome. I expect a big season. He was tied for the team lead with six sacks last season in Mm -hmm. part-time work. If he gets closer to full-time work, I'm sure there will still be a nice little rotation there along the defensive front. Which you want, to to
0: keep everybody fresh. Keep
1: everybody fresh. Let him go get the quarterback. Uh, But he showed a lot in his rookie year, absolutely. Number 3 for me is Quentin Patton. Patton? Yeah. All right. Um, It it was tough between Patton and Ellington. (laughs) Our lists are very similar,
0: too, just in case you're wondering. Are they? Yeah, okay. yeah we we'll just wait till we get to mine. Oh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to this is be surprise fun. you. This is I mean, I couldn't change my mind. Oh, no, no, one. no, no. You, you'll be a little surprised Okay, but I, I like
1: QPAT. Pat. I, to be honest with you, uh, I like him as a player more than Bruce Ellington. Mm-hmm. I just think Ellington's going to have a better chance of getting on the field in that number three in the slot role. I don't want to say number three because I think if Quentin Patton's probably the backup right. on the outside. And I think he can actually do more for you down the field. Um, he's further along as a receiver. But Bruce Ellington is going to probably see the field more... As a returner and as a slot guy, which is why he's the number two. But I mean, they're neck and neck. They're 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 two and two a basically. For I'm with me. you. And uh, number one is Carlos Hyde, and uh, hopefully he stays healthy. I think he can do a lot for this football team.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Did I miss number two? Was that Ellington? Uh, two is Ellington. Oh, okay, got right? it, yeah. got it. Patton and Ellington. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, some just missed. Uh, Dean just missed for me. Yep. Um, dial, dial. I really, yeah. really like yeah. Dial a lot uh-huh. because I, I actually I, I cut the cord recently, so um, I. I got the uh, NFL game rewind right, Ooh. so I'm watching all these old games. You can see the coaches tape and Dial at the end of the season. Turned it on. Plays so good against the run. He's long. He's strong. I'm glad that yeah, Fuchs had him He's high down to get the friction list. on. Is that how the yeah. song goes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Quinton so Dial a fellas. lot. Yeah.
0: Okay. okay. I like your list. Let, let's hear what you got. All right. So number five for me, I like Brandon Thomas. I see. I see him breaking out, filling in for you know Eupati or Davis. You know, whether it's a left guard or right tackle, I I really like the potential on this guy. Obviously, third round pick out of Clemson. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen a whole lot out of him,
1: right. if anything. So he's another guy I can't wait to see. You talked about um, Jared Hayne, but yeah. I, I want to see him on the field. I, do I see him in
0: action. I do too. And uh, for me, it was hard not to get Dial. I had him and him and Dial were right there, like, mm. oh, which one do I want to put in there? And I knew you wouldn't have. Thomas, so I wanted to make sure he got on Good. the list. Ellington like is my number four, and I put in there Quentin Patton was also a possibility in this spot. Okay. But I went with just Ellington uh, just just based on what I've seen. Yeah, and I don't think, here's the thing,
1: I don't think both can break out. It's kind of got to be one or the other. I agree. Yeah.
0: 100%. And I, I'm putting my money on Ellington here just with his punt and kick return. Like you said, he's going to see a lot more time mm-hmm. on the field. There's some interesting
1: uh, other wide receivers too, some undrafted free agents and stuff. We'll talk about wide receivers next week,
0: right? I like it. Do wide receivers. Let's do wide receivers next week, so yeah. Next week. yeah. We'll yeah. talk a lot more about okay, those guys. Good, good uh Aaron Lynch is my number three. So uh you pretty much everything you said I have on here like Ahmad Brooks with SF throughout the season. Big question marks. Mm-hmm. Uh I loved his limited action we saw last year. I expect a big season out of Lynch. Here's a here's the biggest one I had. I'm kind of taking this a little bit off what dibs did last year. You know, he, he mentioned one of the biggest losses was Andy Lee. I think one That's of the sweet. biggest yeah. breakout candidates is Bradley Pinion. Oh. I really do. <laughs> this guy, this guy, listen to this guy, okay? He's the only kicker or punter taken in the draft. He's a huge guy. 6'6", 230 pounds, booming leg. Not to mention, he had a streak of 102 straight punts without a touchback in college. 42 of those ended up inside the 20. I mean, this is a guy that's legit. Wow. He averaged 42.6 yards a kick in his final season at Clemson. And back in 2011, this is at a camp. He was a senior right before going to college. He he kicked off 100 yards with 4.4 4 yards of hang time. Oh, no geez. one else at the camp could get within 80. Okay, so I see where you're going with this because not only is he going to be the punter. He's also going to be the, kickoff, be the guy. kickoff guy. He's going to be the kickoff guy. And is... he's big enough to make a tackle. Exactly. I, I, I just I think that he could be he could play a big role on this team and just breakout candidates. I mean, if he if he has you know if he's in the top five at punter in the in the the NFC, I think that that's a huge breakout season for mm-hmm.
1: this guy. Okay, question for you: yes. Who has more tackles in twenty fifteen, Bradley Pinion <laughs> or Jakowski Tart?
0: Oh, I like it. I'll probably go with Tart. on yeah, that. Yeah, I will go with Tart. Yeah, actually, but, I but, think but,
1: Tart could be an, uh, a maniac on special teams. I think as so well. too. Yeah. And Eric Reed concussion stuff we might see some, some worries, yeah son. we might unfortunately see uh some of those backups get a lot of playing time at safety if um if he does have another concussion which i hope to god doesn't happen
0: and we we agree on number one it's got to be carlos hyde has to I be mean, it has to be and if the niners are going to do anything this season i really think that hyde has got to just fill the shoes he's got he's got to be that that basically just the rock on offense and i don't mean that like toting the rock i mean like he's got to be there Every game, he's got to give you four and a half yards a carry. He needs to pick up the blitz. And I want 20 carries a game. You know, even if it was 15 and, you know, and he's giving you production, I, I want I want to see him involved constantly.
1: It's going to be really interesting to see how Jeep Chris Calls plays because um, Frank Gore never came off the field. I know. Right? So I wonder if it's going to be a similar type of thing where they just ride the true workhorse, the true number one guy, mm-hmm. let him carry the load, and then filter in other people. Um, or they go straight committee.
0: Yeah, and and I wouldn't and like we mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if every one of those four guys we mentioned got a carry in every game. But I, I want to see Hyde get a shot. You know, I want I want to see him him fed over and over. So together, obviously on our big board, Hyde is number one. Hyde one. Yes. You have Ellington two. I had him four. I mean, I have no problem putting him at number two. Who who did you have it two? I had Pinion, who I don't think is going to make the total list here. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, I liked your argument. Did, did I sell you on that? Uh, or you
1: gotta we go... fight. If you put him at two, you better fight for him to be on this yeah. list.
0: <laughs> he's number five for <laughs> sure on this list over Kaepernick. Uh where did you have Lynch? I had Lynch at three and you had him at four. So he's okay. three, three I like probably three a pretty for good Lynch. spot. Okay. So we all you had Patton, I did not. Um you had Kaepernick, I did not, I had Thomas, I had Pinus. So th- now four and five's work gets a little bit tough. Like yeah. I'm and we can't I don't think we can put Patton on there. Like, if, like you said, I think that only one of these guys is going to break out, and we have Ellington at if 2. If we
1: both have Ellington higher, than yeah, only, yeah. And we I do. We you have him at 2, and okay. I have him at 4, yeah. So Patton does not make the cut.
0: Okay. I would love to see Kaepernick break out, and I do see. I love what he did with Warner. So I'm okay putting him at 4. I just four. think
1: from a pure yards perspective, you're just going to see more output. Yeah. Even if he played the same, it's going to look better on paper. He's going to have more opportunities, more passing attempts, more touchdowns, more yards.
0: Pinion is going to lead the league in, kick, uh, in touchbacks. And he's going to be top five in uh, punts inside. Uh, how about one? Lynch, number four? <laughs> we got We're, Lynch, number three. Well, we got Lynch, three. So we, we got, got Hyde, one. Ellington, two. Lynch, three. Kaepernick, Cap four. four. So and I want Pinion five. We've got... So Brandon uh, Thomas is is basically the only one. Oh, what about Quentin Dial, actually? Ooh, we Neither of us had him on our I list. I like Dial. I would yeah. <laughs> absolutely
1: pick Dial over yeah, I would those too. guys. Carradine, two. The only thing on the defensive line, um, who's going to get... I think that will truly be a situation where they're rotating in and out. Yeah. Um, so you might not see one guy. You know, Quentin Dial is going to be there in early downs. Maybe Carradine's kind of rushing from the inside. Mm-hmm. On third downs, uh, both have absolutely potential to break out.
0: And I love Fuchs' you know, argument. And maybe on they'll it both too. be
1: playing if um, if Dockett isn't all the way back from his ESEL.
0: Yeah. But What do you think? We putting Dial uh, on there? What were you going to say about, uh, uh, about Fuchs? Oh, I loved his whole his whole breakdown of Dial earlier. It, it sold me. I, I was upset that I left him off on my list. <laughs> so I would be okay putting him at number five. I would be, too. Well, I, I think we should let's give a nod it.
1: to our guest. To our guest. And he Absolutely. was he was very high on Dial. I and mean, We all person. are, too. I mean, he was... Yeah. He was... Same here. Yeah, he was on my just-missed list. So let's go Dial. Okay, so Dial five, five uh, Cap four, Lynch three, Ellington two. Thank God you didn't fight harder for Pinion to be on there. <laughs> I did.
0: I sold him, but apparently not well you gotta enough. You got to be
1: excited, at least, about because it was uh, hard to see Andy Lee go It was. Go with those. It was those ears. The I love that, that head headshot he has with the ears sticking out. He looked like beautiful. such a nerd, but I love that about him. You know, <laughs> So um, I'm thinking
0: next week we're obviously going to talk about wide receivers. That'll be our position battle. Yes, uh, we know who the number one and two are there, but you know there's a lot of oh there's you a know, whole we didn't bunch even mentioned Jerome there. Simpson today. So, right. so there's another guy that there's we can definitely break get out. Easy.
1: There's sleepers and then there's deep sleepers.
0: Sure, guys that are going to need to play a lot of special teams, just like those running backs we mentioned earlier. Also with the top five list, what do you think? And some tight
1: week? ends. Let's do wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah,
0: because we did mention fullbacks. Right. But what about top five, top lists? five uh, list? Top five list.
1: Let's look at opponents. Let's look at at the games. Let's look at the schedule. Let's look at the... uh, How
0: about top five um, games to mark on the calendar? Yeah, top five most
1: important games games on the schedule. Okay, I dig it. I love it, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Gold Faithful 49ers radio show. You can follow me at BD Peacock on Twitter. Nick at Bay Area Wink. If you want to uh, give us your version of our big board. Please. Hashtag Gold Faithful. We'll find that. We'll find it if you tag one of us. We love hearing from you. We will talk to you next time. See you. Did it come from space? We just don't know. David Cucillo
0: is not available.